Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Now, Bricky Brownlow could, I'll be honest with you, it could break up. SENSA breakfast. This this pairing was that? could be no more. You're going to crack into me, are you? Is that what you're, that what you're saying? No, I'm very supportive of you, Mark Bickley. <laughs> and so are Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre, the best in SA Brighton Road. You don't want to miss about quarter past eight this morning. Um, it's a very big show still to come. At eight o'clock, we are going to be speaking to Trent Cotchin. Got anything you want us to ask him? 0427154166. And a man who is all across the AFL, you can listen to him on the Gettable podcast as well, is our next guest. We say good morning to you, Cal Toomey and Cal. As we do say good morning, we were just having a chat about the reported round zero that could kickstart 2024 next year, which Bix and I are being very cynical, saying it's um, basically saying, hey, don't watch the NRL, just watch the AFL. Are we accurate in saying that? Uh, good morning, Jared. Good morning, Bix. Hope you're well, guys. Uh, yeah, round zero, which um, yeah, Riley Beveridge on AFL.com.au broke a couple of weeks ago, being part of the theory. I mean... The, the, the dots join up there, don't they? Clearly, the NRL is going to be over in Vegas over that weekend, and the part of it as well. And that's it. and the bigger, I think, wider um, discussion is the AFL looking to embed itself even further into mm. the northern markets. So um, I think they're seeing that as an opportunity. I'm interested to see how it works. A couple of games, four games, those um, that early, uh, first part of round one, the rest the, the next week, and then those clubs get their, I guess, their first buy in inverted commas, um, around the, the gather-round type of uh, stage of the season just after that. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm all for ideas, so give it a crack and see how it goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, if, you, if you're able to have that buy around round five or six and then you have one later, you know, the back half of the year, whether that's seen as an advantage or not. But anyway, we'll, we'll watch that one closely. I'm more interested in the draft. It's uh, under three weeks away, Cal. We know that... You're as good as anyone at uh, understanding how it's going to unfold. I'm, I'm keen to talk about the Crows who have three picks inside 20. They probably want a, a key defensive player, and most people think Conor O'Sullivan is is the best that's uh, in there or the highest ranked. Do you think he may be available to Adelaide when they have their first pick? Yeah, I think he'd be one that's in the mix. It's going to be close if he actually gets there or not. I think a few other clubs just before that will have a crack at him and, and at least have a pretty strong look at him. We know um, Geelong is, is one that could um, bite him off as well before then. The Bombers, too, are probably a little bit skinny on the, the young kid developing tools. Uh, we know that um, there's been the injury concerns for, for Zachary and Nick Cox over their first couple of seasons. And if you know, the, the, the other part about Conrad Sullivan is he, he will be picked as a key defender, but he has spent some time at different parts of the ground as well throughout his junior career. But I think he's going to be definitely in the Crows mix at 10 should he get there. There's other names that will be around that point as well. James Leake, uh, Darcy Wilson, Caleb Windsor. So there's different types. They're, they're a little bit at the mercy of the other clubs mm. and, and what gets through. Um, they have looked at seeing if they can get up the board. Um, they've got, as you say, three picks inside 20. So they have a bit of a hand where if you did package two, you might be able to sneak up a couple of spots. The cost, the benefit of that is something they have to weigh up themselves as well. Uh, and the Cats pick has been one the clubs have been targeting. Um, the Crows among them, that, that pick eight, to see if they can jump in a couple of spots earlier. But uh, I think O'Sullivan definitely would be a target if he's there. What about, you know, for others, uh, including myself, I think a, a speedy, classy midfielder 
is is just as equal uh, in terms of priorities for Adelaide. Who might be in the mix around that you know that pick that, that the Crows' first pick that you talked about? Well, the two guys, if you want speed and class in that um, bracket, then Caleb Windsor and Darcy Wilson are both guys who tick that box. Mm. Um, Caleb Windsor was someone who shot to to prominence, I'd say, in the second half of the season for Dick Metro and then the Eastern Rangers down here in the Coach Talent League. Um, one of the silkier players, an outside mover, kicks a goal every game pretty much in the second half of the season, playing off a wing and, and through the midfield. So he's got that class and poise and polish and he's probably pushed himself up on the back of that. We know how important that outside movement and the wingman role is now in the modern game, isn't it? You need a good wingman or two to be a challenger. So he's a pretty um, op- a pretty good option at that point. And Darcy Wilson is a little bit different, but could play that role too. He's probably kicked more goals. He's played as a half-forward different stages throughout this season, but also through the wing and midfield. Has got a spring on him, um, tested really well in the jumps test, as well as the speed and endurance double. So, yeah, he's a, he's a prospect too from Murray Bush Rangers. Um, could be around the mark and also sort of fits that criteria. Now, Cal, you know a lot more about this than we do. You know more than anybody else in the country. Let's talk about this number one pick. Harley Reid, do you believe that this number one pick is still potentially up for trade or the West Coast are just going to shut up shop and go, no, mate, pack your bags, you're going to be an eagle? I just think that they're open for business if if the offer makes them turn their head. And and so far, the offers haven't. And North's had a couple of cracks at it. Uh, we know we reported last week that they've um, put that, that bigger offer on the table um, and that still hasn't turned West Coast's mind or attention to doing the deal. And Melbourne, of course, as well, has um, put together three first-round picks and, and a later pick as well. So four picks for pick one, um, basically to move four picks to move up one to move up five spots from pick six to one. So um, that's on the table there. And again, hasn't been knocked back, but just hasn't made them agree to it. And let's be let's be fair, West Coast doesn't have to knock anything back. It's in their possession. They can just hold and hold and hold until they either want to say yes or just um, go to the draft and take it there. To me, I don't think there's going to be. Uh, a deal executed before the November 10 cutoff where picks can be still traded up until November 10. But a deal could still be discussed and thrashed out in between November 10 and November 20 when the gates open for the first night of the draft. Mm. Percentage-wise, I'm, uh, I'm never one to put numbers on these type of things. But I, I think, look, the likelihood at this point is that West Coast just cold it until draft night and see if anything changes until then. You also get a better grasp of how far back you can go. Um, you know, I've said this on Gettable a few times recently. If North Melbourne want want Harley Reid, you know, this is their best chance to get him to play for their footy club because they've got four picks, um, or they've got three picks in, in the teens and and pick two and three. So if they really, really want him, um, and they have made a target off it, then you can probably combine four of those selections. Just a matter of how much they want to give up. Yeah, it's a big it's a big call, whichever way you go. Um, I'm just keen. One more question on the draft. Kane McCall, if I've watched him play a little bit in the uh, the private school competition over here, beautiful leg. Uh, he he tested quite well at the uh, the combine. Where do you see him going? What what's the sort of range you think that he might be picked up? He did test well at the combine, which was good to see because uh, he's had some injury issues uh, earlier in the year, but ran two point nine three seconds mm. over the, the twenty meter sprint, and then also I think his time under the, the two kilometer time trial was under six minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, so as we spoke about before, yeah, mm. yeah that that balance of um, speed endurance is appealing. Probably haven't seen the speed as much in games as um, we've seen it sort of on the testing, but that's also because he's been an inside player. 
So I think he's probably someone who probably fits in 30 onwards. But I think the, the testing came at a really important time for him as well, just to be a good reminder to clubs that, hey, this is part of his weaponry and he's got that. Part of the AFL Academy, obviously, across the year, played some good footy um, at uh, North Adelaide through the season as well. So I think he gets picked. It's just in that sort of um, bracket, you know, 30 onwards, which is very hard to tell this year. I think there's going to be around did the modelling, as we call it, um, last week. And I think there's somewhere between 52 and 62 picks. So mm. we'll go bang in the middle and say 56, 57. It's not a huge amount of selections after that that top-end group. So there's going to be a lot of players fighting for those. But I think he'll, he'll be one to get a shot in that, yeah. that it's gonna, bracket. It's going to be very interesting. I think he's uh, he's got a lot of attributes that would uh, lend him to being a very good AFL player. Just interested, um, you spoke with Laura Kane last week on your Gettable podcast. And... She mentioned about the mid-season trade period and what it looks like, and they're doing a lot of work on it. And once again, I heard you, I listened to the podcast yesterday, and you talked about maybe the AFL putting some caveats on the mid-season trade period. What do you think it might look like if it were to come in next year? I just, Yeah, I just can't see them going full out and saying every player's up for grabs at the mid-season trade, to start with anyway. I think it's going to be brought in progressively, um, with only certain levels and certain players going to be able to move clubs. And, and there's two parts to that. Do they want the, the better teams to get better and the worst teams to get worse in that for that season? Mm. Now, the other side of that is the worst teams get worse for that season, but it might actually benefit at the end of the year because the club might um, pay overs you know, in terms of the draft because they're in the here and now. So there's that part of it. But also I think um, the, the AFL is mindful of the players that would um, pick up and go and leave states and change states. So uh, there's probably an, um, a fair case that the non-Victorian clubs state and say, well, it's harder to get clubs, the players to change states at the end of the year, let alone during the year, yeah. and just pick up at the, the drop of a hat. So I think there's going to be some, some caveats, as you say, or some parameters or restrictions on which players are actually eligible to be traded, um, maybe how many players can be traded per club. You know, these type of things are all going to have to be weighed up and discussed because... And sort of the level of remuneration, the players who are able to move, um, you know, what level do you have to be at to, to play or how many games does that player have to have played or is it a, is it a five and under sort of number for the, to that point of the season for those players to be eligible to be traded mid-season? I think there's going to be a whole lot of that. To me, there's going to be a lot of talk around the tools at the mid-season trade period. You know, if Collingwood was in it this year, it didn't end up costing them, but... Uh, obviously, but if they're in the mid-season trade period in the middle of this year, would they have gone and grabbed another Ruckman or um, a key back or something like that for depth? So I think it's going to be a lot of discussion around the tools uh, for that opportunity piece. The other part too, Bix, and you know better than I, how much does the club want to let go of its IP in the middle mm. of the season? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be an interesting factor too. Cal, thanks so much for your time. We are very appreciative and uh, we'd love to speak to you again sometime really soon on SENSA Breakfast. Anytime, guys. Good to chat. Cal Toomey joining us there and the Gettable podcast as well. Make sure you have a listen to that one, Bix. Very yeah. good insight there. If you love footy, it's a really good one. What Cal talked about in terms of, imagine if you've, you know, you're 10th, 11th, 12th on the ladder, uh, you know, you've got some aging stars. You might trade them in the mid-season trade period, which actually makes your team worse. You go down the ladder, finish bottom, get a really good draft pick and whatever you get for the trade. So, there is those the question marks around that manipulation, and if you're a fan of pick a team, you're a fan of uh, I don't know a team, Frio who were a bit flat and they couldn't make the finals a fair way or halfway through the season, so they get rid of three or four good players or aging players, 
And for the rest of the season, they're worse off and you're going, finishing lower down the ladder. Is that great for the fans? You know, like, so all these things have to be considered. So it's interesting to see where this is going to land. 0427 is our text line at quarter to eight. Next, it's Captain's Call.